and believe. Hallelujah. Praise God. Going into our Bible study again this morning, and wow. The pastor kind of laid the heavier on me. He said, I don't know if we got time to read all those scriptures or not. He said, try and pick out the, the best one. I can't do that. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah. I'm going to say, oh, this one, this one's not very good. You know, it's, it's just tough going. That's all there is to it. I love the Word of God. Amen. I love the Word of love God, you. and I hope you love the Word of love God. You, and I hope that in this group that there are those who are being very faithful in reading the Word of the Lord every day. Amen. 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 Um, you know, you know, one of the one of the things that every Christian needs, and it's a little thing called self-discipline. You know, we need to organize our lives and be self-disciplined to do those things that we need to do to preserve our spiritual life. Uh, there's not very many of you that miss the meals during the day, you know, <laughs> the beans and rice and potatoes and all of that, uh, you know. Come on. Boy, we got to have that, you know, we can't get along without that. But, you know, we've got to feel the same way about the Word of God. Amen. I got to have it. I, this is what I live by. My spiritual being is fed by God's Word. It is the bread of life. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not going to preach now. All right. Praise God. Listen, I, I don't know. I hope that I have um, been able to present these things in a way that you have been able to understand. Amen. In a way that they have been meaningful to you in your yes. Christian experience. Amen. Amen. Uh, otherwise, we are just really kind of um, uh, in an exercise of not doing anything very worthwhile. Uh, last Sunday, we talked considerably about the about the uh, reprobate mind a man and uh, we didn't quite get through because this preacher has a well that is too full of stuff and I just keep dragging it up out of my well <laughs> sometimes I give too much uh, but I hope I'm not giving you uh, a mental overload of the things that I feel in my heart to share with you uh, in the midst of all that I say, in the midst of all that I feel that God puts in my heart to say to you, I hope there is something every time I teach that will meet the need in someone's life. Now, what meets the need in the life of my brother may not meet the need of the life of my sister. And what meets the need in her life may not meet the need in a, in a young person. But something that I can say I'm confident that being led by the Holy Ghost, something will be said that will uh, quicken your mind and cause you to say, that is what I needed to hear today. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, it's good to see all of you here this morning. And uh, I'm just going to say something to you. It's not in the way of boasting, but I just want you to know that I love you Amen. and I appreciate every one of you. Amen. And even though that I have preach to congregations of 2,000 people or more. I do not feel at all, uh, what should I say, debased in ministering to a small group because you are important. Amen. Amen. I said you are important. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Some are important as fathers. Others are important as mothers. Others are important as members of families. 
and, and all of this. And I just learned this morning that our brother here was out last Sunday because he was really, really not well. He has a perpetual ongoing problem and has to do dialysis uh, frequently. What are you doing? Twice a week? Three times a week? Three times a week. Three times a week. And I'm kind of familiar with that because I've had other friends that have, uh, members of my congregations that have had to submit to the same uh, process. Uh, it is, just thinking about it, it does seem like to be a big deal, but it is a very big deal. Yeah. And it can really have some very diverse side effects. And so we want to remember our brother Amen. in prayer. And yes. this brings me to what I was going to say before I mentioned that. As I went to bed last night, I was just laying there waiting for sleep to come, and uh, I just started praying and talking to God, and yeah. as I was laying in my bed, I just kind of, my mind was just kind of floating over this group of people that gathered here every Sunday, every Wednesday, and I was praying for you and asking God to anoint your mind and to yes. anoint your very intermost being, your yes. soul. Yeah. To be able to absorb the word of God yes. and have it fulfill the need that is in your life. Amen. Amen. So you are in my prayers, you are in your pastor's <coughs> prayers, and we do need to pray one for another. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Praise, Praise God. Praise God. Well, we are going, I believe, to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26 in the reprobate mind. Amen. Well, the reprobate man has a reprobate mind. And maybe I can get these two words written out here now. Um, Sister Gina is cranked up there and going to help us again this morning. And we're in the book of Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verse 26. Okay, verse 26. For if we sin willfully. What's the key word there? The key word is willfully. Okay? After that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You know, there's a little expression that uh, my wife uh, likes to turn around and say it a little bit different. But they say that so-and-so fell into adultery. And she said, no, 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 that's not wrong. They jumped. <laughs> they didn't fall into that relationship. They just jumped, you know. They, it was a willful decision. There is nobody forced them to do that. And as you, as a spirit-filled child of God, there is no way that the devil can force you to do something against your will. Right. Because the scriptures say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right. Believe that. Amen. Believe that. And put it into practice when you are in your daily activities of work and housekeeping or whatever it is that you do. Uh, just believe that uh, God's spirit that dwells within you is greater than any power that is out there in the world. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. And while we are in Genesis 6, I'm going to point you to another verse of scripture that I found to be very, very important in our um, Christian walk. But then we're going first of all to verse 3 uh, of Genesis. 
all right? Um, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years, okay? Now, the important thing for us to remember out of this scripture is that if we involve ourselves in willful, the willful committing of sin, as we read in the previous scripture, there will come a time, if that is not repented of, if that behavior is not changed, that God's Spirit will cease to deal with the person. Okay? And that is where a man or a woman becomes reprobate and are not able to be restored to God's kingdom again. And as I told a little story, I believe last Sunday, of a man that God told me to go to him and tell him, if you leave church this time, it will be the last time. In other words, God's Spirit was going to cease to move in his heart and life. I saw him come to the church building and participate uh, in some measure in the service but he was not able to feel God's presence. I saw him go to the altar, endeavor to pray, and it just didn't work. Uh, that is a sad, sad condition to be in. And may there be this, this godly fear that just takes over our hearts that will say, I have got to remain true to God. I have got to listen to God every time he talks to me. Now, just very quickly, I want to take you to the... Um, to, to, to verse 22 of this chapter where it says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Uh, that is such a powerful scripture. He did all that God commanded him. Yeah. He didn't endeavor to make the ark shorter, narrower, shorter in height, but he made it exactly as God said. Right. And I, I, was, I was going over some uh, material that I was working on translation this week. And uh, it said, that basically, now what God wanted to say here was, no, 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 no. I, I really have a problem with that statement. And I hope you understand me. God didn't want to say anything. God said it. <laughs> Amen. Okay? That's just the way it is. God said it. All right? And, and we, we have got to understand that. Okay? And what we have got to do is understand what God said. Yes. Now, if I can be God's little helper over here, I'll, I'll do that and help you to understand what God said, but I'm not going to change anything that's written in this book. Right. Amen. Did you hear me? Amen. And neither can you change anything that's written in this book. Amen. And I don't care how famous some preacher may be yeah. and what side of congregation he has and whether he's on TV or not, he cannot change God's Word. And there's going to be some people... I'm afraid that are going to suffer a hell that is hotter than, than, than the drunkard that walks the street because he yeah. led more people yeah. into eternal damnation than anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I get wound up about this yeah. stuff. I, I, I really Amen. get pretty angry at some of the stuff that I hear going on in the religious world today. Yeah. All right? Let's move on. And we're going to Proverbs 29 and verse 1. Again, a very, very... Uh, uh, powerful and important scripture in this study of the reprobate man. Alright? And here's what it says. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
You know? And, and if I can point out just a little bit of Jewish history here this morning, that is what happened to Israel. Okay? They hardened their heart. God called them a stiff-necked people. Okay? They weren't going to be led. Okay? Uh, horses, we put bridles on them and bits in their mouths so that they can be directed. And when a horse learns that the person that is riding them really is not wanting to hurt them, all they've got to do is call what they call neck rein. You know what that is, I'm sure soon. Okay? You don't have to pull on the bit. You don't have to hurt the horse's mouth. But when he feels the touch of the rein on his right side or on his left side, he knows that he needs to turn in that direction. May we be so sensitive to God's spirit that he can just give us a a small touch, hear a small, still voice, and be aware of that and do what God wants us to do. Praise God. Praise God. I've tried to pastor some people that hardened their heart and stiffened their neck. And uh, you can't do anything with them. They're going to do things their own way, whether they, whether, no matter what you say, they're going to do it their way. Yeah. And fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to think about it, my wife and I have lived long enough to see the results of that stiff neck. Families have been destroyed. Marriages have been destroyed. Churches have been destroyed because of people that were unwilling to listen to the uh, counsel, wise counsel that came from God and those men that he anointed to be his mouthpiece. Matthew 15, 11 through 14. Uh, I'm hurrying this morning and not uh, taking time to allow you to participate with me in the reading today because I want to get on to the next man because I like the next man better. <laughs> All right. All right. So again, uh, you're becoming accustomed to me. You know that I put this a little bit of humor into this so that we can uh, enjoy what we are doing. <clears throat> Now, let me, let me give you just a little bit more history here, all right? Uh, as I have mentioned to you for the last uh, couple of Sundays, last couple of weeks, I have been listening to the reading of the books of, well, I actually started with Genesis and I did Exodus and then I did Leviticus and now I'm well into the book of Deuteronomy. And there's so many instructions that God gave to his people. I mean, it, it's just a massive amount of things, but it's all practical things. And I was just listening this morning. I woke up early and put in my earbuds and turned on my phone and listened to three chapters out of the book of Deuteronomy. You know, do that. Just do that. Can't sleep at night, put in the earbuds and listen to some reading of God's Word. My wife says, you need to go to the New Testament. I said, I already did all the New Testament, okay? (laughs) Now I'm in the Old Testament because it's some of them that I haven't read for a while. But, you know, know, God gave instructions in the book, in the chapters that I read this morning, of what you do if you find somebody's donkey loose. You know, of course, they deal with animals then. If you see somebody's ox loose, 
you don't take it and keep it for your own. You endeavor to return it to its rightful owner. And if he is not available, then you take it to your house and you keep it, you feed it, you take care of it until you're able to find the owner and then you give it back. You know, it just, it's become real practical stuff. But not everybody, you know, wow, man, you know, I'd like to have that, you know, until they keep it, you know. And uh, there's, may not be worth a whole lot, but sometimes people keep things that don't belong to them, all right? So, but anyway, to all of these rules that God gave them for proper living, of course, that time we couldn't call it Christian living because Christ did not come, but uh, the proper living in the presence of God and the proper living with other people. And when you begin to analyze all those things that God gave, all of them would cooperate for a peaceful, harmonious society. Yes. Okay? That's just what it is. Now, the, 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 the Jews of the New Testament era, uh, probably coming out of the 400 silent year between the Old and the New Testament, uh, they had added to God's command. They had added so much stuff. They had added so much stuff. Stuff that God did not command. And they had a lot of rules and regulations about what you could and could not eat. And uh, we've got people around like that today, you know, that uh, tell you what you can and cannot eat. And of course that uh, newly elected uh, congresswoman out of New York, she wants to get rid of all the cows. <laughs> because they're expelling our air uh, is polluting the environment. <laughs> I don't know where she thinks we're going to get meat. I don't know where she thinks we're going to get milk. You know, if we eliminate all the cows. Isn't that stuff is awfully stupid? And, and again, I have, I have gotten into a little political deal here, but uh, you know, we, we, we must understand that that God gave us the things in his book that we need to know and understand. All right. So here's what Jesus is teaching them now. Because the Jews had taught that you couldn't eat certain things, couldn't drink certain things, because those things pollute you. Okay, here's what Jesus said. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth that defileth a man. Okay? Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? I am sure they were really offended, okay? Because it was contrary to everything that they were teaching. Here comes Jesus and begins to teach things that, wow, were contrary to what they believed. Yeah. Okay? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. In other words, boy, he was telling he was telling them that these Pharisees were going to be uprooted and cast out. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, what's going to happen? Both are going to fall in the ditch. It's going to be a pretty sad end, okay? Blind leading the blind. And, you know, 
we, we, we read this in the Bible, and we read about Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and others, you know, that were actually blind leaders of the blind. But let me tell you something. I want you, and, and one of the reasons why I'm taking most time with the company, Amen. and I want you, yes. every one of you yes. that sits here and listens to me on these Sunday mornings, yes. I want you to be into the Word. Right. I want you to know the Word. Amen. I want you to know it well enough that you will be able to discern what is right and what is wrong as you hear and read things that come yes. out of other religious organizations. All right? Okay? That, that's what I want you to be able to do. You're going to know the truth. And the truth is going to set you free right. from all of the dogmas, from all of the false doctrine, and from all of the ideas of men that are being uh, talked today. Okay? Amen. That's my goal. Amen. I want you to be able to stand alone. I want you to be able to stand wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever you go, without your pastor standing beside you and holding your hand and saying, you can't do this. That you will be full of the Holy Ghost and yes. full of God's Word and be able to resist on your own. Amen. Amen. Well, I guess I need to apologize now. No, no, sir. I got out of teeth and went to preach. Tell it. Tell it. But that's my goal. Yes, sir. And I hope it is your goal as you come here and as you listen to me that you will say, that is what I need. I need to understand that. And I'm thankful that that exploration of the giving God, I understand it better now. Yes, sir. And I will be able to live for God better. I will be more pleasing to God. Yes, sir. And we've got to live to please God. Amen. Amen. You've got to live to please God. Why? Because it's God who has in his hand, Brother Paul, your, your eternal destiny. So why would you want to displease him? All right? I'm amazed that, I'm amazed that uh, you know, children, even adult children, who displease their parents when their parents are the ones that's going to leave them in inheritance. And the first thing you know, they get disinherited. <laughs> I do not want to be disinherited by God. Come on. I want to be an heir of God, and I join heir yes. with Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Okay. So we have moved basically through all of this material of the um, Okay, yeah, we've already read it. Uh, you know, Hello. what keeps you, what keeps you from parking in a handicapped space? <laughs> there are some numbers written up on that little placard, aren't there? <laughs> Section you remember code. what those numbers are? Section code something. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the little dollar sign there in front of a two, a five, and a zero, and then I period and two zeros. The fine is $250. In some places, it's more than that. 
There are places where it's $500. Okay? You talk about a deterrent. <laughs> That's a big time deterrent, isn't it? I went to court, actually, I like to see guys. I went to court and the ticket was actually $8.95 for someone parking in handicap. And, the, and they had reduced it for them. And that was $8.95. She said that parking in handicap is the um, biggest fine you get. Whoa. You're talking about $895? Yes, in California. Wow. Okay. Now, my wife, my wife has the handicap permit. Okay. Now, I don't have a handicap placard on my car. I wish that I had done that in the very beginning, and I would never have to transfer the car to her name, and it's just a bunch of rigmarole. Anyway, she just gets the placard, so uh, gotta remember to hang the placard in the, on the mirror every time. Okay. <clears throat> now I could pull into a handicapped parking place, be in the car by myself, and hang the placard up. But if a police officer questioned me, and I didn't have the letter, yeah, I'd get fined. I would get fined. Yes, sir. You know, we have got to read in God's Word those things that are, that are um, maybe a little bit on the negative side, but it tells us what the consequence of disobeying God's Word will be. That needs to be a very, very heavy deterrent for us. You know, if I don't obey God. Now, I just read a scripture from my wife this morning. We're not going to get to it today. I can see that already. But, you know, th th there's there's teaching out here, you know, about grace. I thank God for grace. Yes. Thank God for grace. Amen. But let me tell you one thing right up front. Grace does not cover everything. Right. The teaching out there in much of the religious world today is that you really don't have to do, you really don't have to worry about what you do. You don't have to worry about your actions. You don't have to worry about the sins that you may commit. Because grace is going to cover it all. Uh, I'm sorry, they're not reading the same book I'm reading. They're not, okay? And we read, we read this morning already about he that willfully sins. We could go on to read where Paul said, and we'll have to get to that next Sunday. But he said, I've got to keep my body under. I've got to keep my body in subjection. Yeah. Uh -huh. now, I'm going to right. say something this morning that, that, that I want you to understand. Right. I realize that God is going to help us, but he is not going to help us in the way that some people think he's going to help us. All right? Now, if you've got literature in your home that is not convenient to good Christian living, let me tell you something. That God is not going to dispatch some angel along about 1 o'clock in the morning to go there and rip that out of your house. Yeah. The more I read, I, I, was, I read quite a lot last night in preparing for this, this lesson today. And when I was up again early this morning sitting in my easy chair and just going through some scripture. My wife was sitting over across the room at the dinette table. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. You know? 
You know, wherever you read in God's word, it says, and ye shall do, and ye shall do, and ye shall do. What's that mean? It means that it is your responsibility. God's not going to come into your room and shut your computer off because you're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at. That's your responsibility. And if you feel that, 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 that move of God in your heart that you should not be doing that, you better quit doing it because he that is often reproved and hardeneth his heart shall suddenly be cut off and without remedy. Amen. It can get to the point where God's going to say, I give up. Yeah. I quit. Yeah. You're beyond repair. You know? Kind of like cars, huh? You can drive them and repair them and repair them <laughs> and repair them. But finally the time comes, you're going to say, there's no sense putting any more money into this car. Yeah. And you discard it. Okay? Yeah. Such a long time. It is the constant rejection of obeying God's voice. It's got to be a repetitive act, you see? And we can go back and a lot of people don't even want to even study the Old Testament anymore, but the Old Testament is just absolutely rich. Yeah. Rich. Yes. Just rich. I could stand in this pulpit and preach to you 52 Sundays out of the week from the Old Testament yeah. without any problem. Why? That's all the apostles had. They didn't have any New Testament That's right. to right. preach right. out of. Okay? But Paul went down there into Arabia and spent 14 years down there studying. He was studying the Old Testament scriptures. And as he stood, as he studied those, God's Spirit moved on him in such a way that he understood those things. And that's why he became one of the most voracious writers of the New Testament. He understood what God was saying in the Old Testament. All right? Amen. But Israel failed God over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the prophets came and they said, you better quit it. And if you don't, God's going to send you into captivity. And God's going to send you into captivity. And God's going to send you into captivity. And they just didn't believe it. What is the prophecy of the word of God about our day? Well, the day is going to come, we're going to say, oh, we've been hearing about the coming of the Lord for a long time. You know, he hadn't come, so I guess it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that is basically for a lot of people are today. <clears throat> I, you couldn't understand it because I received a message on my phone yeah. uh, in the Portuguese language. But this guy, <clears throat> I didn't understand. I didn't see the first part of the message that came to me. I only saw the little video clip. But this guy is on TV making fun of Christians because they believe in the coming of the Lord. And it just, what in the world is this? Well, then all of a sudden I realized there was another part above that and I read that. And after he did that video clip, he died. He died. Judgment of God? Well, could very well be. And if that was the case, he now understands that <laughs> he now understands what he never wanted to understand. All right? <clears throat> yeah. Brother Bill.
very quickly and our time is passing on. Uh, <coughs> now I'm going to go into, you have the NIV, don't you, brother? Oh, you have a? I have an idea on my phone. Well, you do. I knew I looked at someone's Bible had an NIV. Uh, you know, I'm not criticizing. <coughs> but there are some things in the NIV that I just have a little problem with. But if the NIV can help us to have a clear understanding of something, I'd like to use it, okay? We're going to the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, okay? And I have chosen this morning to uh, <clears throat> you say, well, if you, don't, uh, if you don't go along with the NIV, then why are you using it? I'm just saying there are some things, all right? I would not use the NIV for my daily Bible reading, okay? Uh, there's some modern aspects to it that uh, just don't, just don't fly in my ballywick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. But we are in Galatians chapter five, and we're looking at verses five and uh, verses sixteen and seventeen. All right. Galatians five sixteen and seventeen. Now you've got it in King James up here on the screen. I'm reading out of the NIV. So I say, live by the Spirit. And ye shall not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Hmm. All right? Not good? For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. Hello? Mm -hmm. yeah. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not what you want. Okay? So, there you have it. Alright? So what have we got to do? We've got to walk in the Spirit. To be able to walk in the Spirit, and, and, and I don't know all of you well enough to know who has and who has not received the Book of Acts experience of receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I, I'm not, I don't know that. Okay? I hope you all have received the Holy Ghost in that way. But you have got to walk in the Spirit. And the only way to walk in the Spirit is to be filled with the Spirit. God cannot just be an external force in your life. God has got to live in the depths of your soul and be an internal force that works from the inside out. All right? And that is why it is so important that we seek God and we seek Him diligently until we receive the Holy Ghost and then we continue to seek God diligently to maintain that level of the Holy Ghost. Yes, amen. Close to where we pastored our last church before going to the mission field, uh, there was an Indian reservation. And uh, these Indians had rights to certain rather large areas of forest lands. And when it was uh, the proper time to harvest those trees, they harvested them. They came into a lot of money, a lot of money. And uh, <clears throat> there was no car dealership in their little uh, riverside, oceanside village, and so they had to go to the nearest largest city and buy a car. Well, they'd go there. They had the money. They just poop, pump down the cash, you know. They'd get in the car and head for home. And part of the way home, the thing would quit. <laughs> they didn't understand what was going on, so they hitched a ride back, bought another car at the dealership because they had the money. 
They didn't understand that you had to put gas in the thing. <laughs> you know, it's humorous to us. But if you have never, if you've not grown up with cars and knowing how you maintain cars, it becomes logical, you know. I'm telling you this morning that you have got to maintain your spiritual life. Amen. You've got Amen. to be pouring things into it all yes. the time and pouring Amen. things into it all the time and pouring in and pouring in and pouring in. Yes. Good. And that's what your pastor is endeavoring to encourage you to do is to come into this place of worship every Sunday. Praise God. Lift your hands yes. and lift your voice yes. and worship Hallelujah. God and praise God Hallelujah. and allow Him to just Hallelujah. pour His Holy Spirit into your heart in a way that will renew you and re-strengthen you and give you the ability to resist all of this devilish garbage that is out here in the world. Come on. Praise Come on. God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm a mess. It's good. This is good. Romans 8, 12 and 14. It's good. And again, I'm reading to you. Again, I'm reading to you from the uh, NIV, New International Version, because I thought it was good. I don't bring the reading from, these, from the NIV to you unless I have read it beforehand and consider it to be very accurate, okay? Uh, I hope that I'm enough of a Bible student to be able to do that. <laughs> okay, eight, verse, uh, verse number uh, 12, all right? Uh, 8, 12. Therefore, brethren, we have an obligation, but it is not to the simple nature. Nature. Let me tell you something. You do not have an obligation to the sinful nature that lives within you. Right. You do not have an obligation yeah. to the sinful world that is around you. That's right. Amen. You do not have to. Uh, ascribe to all of the fashions and all of the uh, stuff that is going on in this world. You yeah. don't have to do that. Yeah. Right. Amen. Okay? You can live above all of that. Right. I have worked in some very vile environments among some very vile men whose, whose mouth just spewed out horrible things every day, all day long. Okay? Did that affect me? Did that want to make me participate in that? No. Because there was within me this feeling of a Holy Ghost that was rejecting that, was repelling that, was against that. that uh, and, and there was time somebody getting ready to tell some kind of a vile joke, I just walked off. Walk off. Right. I don't have to listen to that stuff. I don't want to hear that stuff. Right. Amen. Praise God. Amen. My wife was saying something on our way to church this morning about... Uh, all of the stuff that is uh, appearing on the internet if you happen to get into the wrong place or on TV or whatever and, and pictures of, uh, of nudity and semi-nudity and, and all of that stuff. And that appeals to the carnal nature. Carnal nature loves that stuff. Okay? But I want to tell you what. When you look at that stuff, that stuff is going to be engraved on your mind and even though you may repent of it, and even though you may seek God, that image is going to be there forever. That's right. That's right. That's right. So good. Amen. Okay? It's up to you. Exactly, brother. Exactly. 
And that's why I said earlier in this lesson this morning that that the, the, the scriptures say, you do this, you do that, you do the other thing. And that God is not going to walk into your home and, and turn off your television or shut your computer down or, or uh, trash some of your literature in your home. You've got to do that for yourself. Amen. The Holy Ghost has got to move in you in such a way yeah. that you eliminate all of those things from your life so that you live a life that is pleasing to God. Amen. And if temptation comes along... Just remember how you would feel if the Lord Jesus Christ, in person, sat down beside you. Huh? How would you feel? Well, you'd be slamming shut that lid on your laptop computer. Come on. <laughs> I know I'm being kind of brazen today and kind of bold, but... Yeah. I hope that I'm not out of line with this what your good. pastor uh, tells you and would tell you. Amen? Amen. We good. have got to be pleasing to God. Yes, sir. Right? Amen. All right? Amen. Ephesians 4.22, and I'm wrapping up with this scripture. Boy, have I ever got carried away this morning. Wow. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, I hope it is with the Camarina. <laughs> I confess before the whole congregation that I'm being disobedient to what you asked me to do in our little luncheon the other day. <laughs> Praise God. Ephesians 4.22. Did I say that? Did you get that up, Sister Gina? 4.22. Where's my 22? You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self. All right? You were taught that you needed to put off the old self. You know, when, when people uh, are really converted, I'm going to, I hope nobody's going to rotten tomatoes to rob me today. Come on. When you are really converted, yes. sometimes you have to go to the closet. Yes. And take off some clothes that are really not godly. Yes. That's right. Yeah. All right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Young man that I knew very well. Raised in a pastor's home that backslid. And got out in the world. He, he worked for a store. You know, back in those days when they sold all kinds of CDs and DVDs and all of that, and he had himself a major large collection because he could buy those things for practically nothing. Very large collection of all of that garbage music out of the world. Yeah. When he was saved, when he turned his life over to God, he didn't sell that stuff. He trashed it. Just threw it away. Yeah. He didn't want anybody else to have it. And when you give your life to God, yeah. you're going to have to sanctify your music box. Yes, sir. Maybe do a thorough cleaning on your CDs and DVDs. Get rid of all that stuff that is filled with filthy language 
and suggestive language about relationships that are not right. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't need those things anymore mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. Praise right. God. So Three good. minutes over time. Sorry, Brother Cameron. So Amen. Praise God. Crazy. Maybe I need to apologize to the band. Maybe I got part of his time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart. When I came to the Lord, I already bought me the best television that I could find. The best one I could find. I came to the Lord. I didn't want to sell it either, but I threw that thing outside and let the water destroy it and everything. Yeah. Because I, I realized, you know, I'm giving something that's going to harm somebody else. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. <coughs> Amen. The other thing, I, I, I remember, just one more minute. <coughs> my, father, my father was endeavoring to pastor a small church in a small community. And unfortunately, the church wound up closing, which was very sad. But my father was really trying to get people to live a godly life. Now, this, this is way back in the 50s, okay? Television was out. Uh, televisions were very expensive. And they were black and white. <laughs> Some of you have probably never seen a black and white television. But there was a man in the church that bought a black and white television. And he absolutely became... I don't know what the right word is in English. I, oh, why don't you people speak Portuguese? I could do a better job. Yeah. Addicted. Addicted. Thank you, Sister Walmer, and my assistant there. He became addicted to that. And I found out later on that they had moved and they were living very close to where we were in the Bible college. And I looked it up and went there to their home, knocked on their door, and he was sitting in their living room. And he would just absolutely, it's, it's as though that his eyes were attached by cords to that television. He didn't even acknowledge my presence. And I thought, you know, years ago, he rejected the advice of my godly father. And today, look at where he is. Just totally addicted to that. I found myself one time being addicted to a certain little comic strip in the newspaper. Nothing, nothing bad. But oh, I just couldn't wait to get my hand on the newspaper every morning and take a look. I see what was going to happen next. I thought, wow, this is not right. I canceled my subscription to the newspaper. Okay? Because we didn't read any script like this morning, but it, it, another script that we're going to get to. We become slaves to whoever it is that we yield our bodies and our That's lives. true. And I didn't want to be slave to anything, Amen. even though it was really quite innocent. All right? Yeah. Brother Cameron, let's all stand. And uh, Brother Evangelist.